This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Vinyl Me Please, the best damn record of the month club. And you listeners can go to joinvmp.com slash laser time and see how you can save $40 on a full year of badass records. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, ahoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, home of the heavy sack beating. I am your host, Bob Mackey, and I'm someone else. And this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me as usual. Henry Gilbert, and I'm full of piss and vinegar. Before, it was only vinegar. And who else? Ratmaster 2000, Chris Antista. Oh, Antistone. I thought you were Hammer. <laughs> and today's episode oh. is Homer the Vigilante. Okay, men, it's time to clean up this town. Meaning what exactly? You know, push people around, make ourselves feel big. <laughs> and this episode aired on January 6th, 1994, our first 94 episode. Listen, 94 is the, the year of so many great video games. Donkey Kong 94, Final Fantasy VI, God help me, Super Metroid, uh, Mother 2 in Japan, known as Earthbound here. It's a great year for video games. I'm sorry, Chris, I just wanted to put that out there. No, no, no. Yeah, Sonic go ahead. 3. Sonic 3, not good. Donkey Kong Let's move Country. On. Also not good. Let's move on. <laughs> Hey, speaking of technology, uh, sales for TV VCR combos are up 55% right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. At the box office, nobody can out the Mrs. Doubtfire, and a mysterious person viciously attacks gold medal contender figure skater Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, this My happened now. Goodness, man. It's, <laughs> and uh, Happy New Year. We, I think we're getting dangerously close to doing an episode of Talking Critic in the timeline, but the because uh, the Critic is about to premiere. It's, but it's virtually defined by these years. The, 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 the Critic was canceled there's a great article called how the critic was killed by nancy kerrigan mm-hmm. and it was that the attack on nancy kerrigan made that the one of the most watched sporting events of all time mm-hmm. and abc was like nobody watches the winter olympics we're gonna put a brand new episode of the critic on against the winter olympics mm-hmm. and it was like the low it, it set records for low ratings of first run entertainment i i yeah. just think of i did a video a long time ago for the top video games of 1994 according to the u.s box office uh-huh. uh meaning toy story <laughs> toy story didn't make it in there but i did a little montage at the beginning and i did a joke that nobody gets where i just yelled 1990 1990- it's a pennant in the background of a flashback of the movie Run, Running, Run, the Mr. Show movie. <laughs> and they just do a flashback. You remember seven years ago? And there's just a pennant, small pennant in the background that just says 1994, <laughs> the year of years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it well, I mean, how wow. prescient to hang something like that. It makes me laugh so much. This but, is before social media. I feel like events like these were so outlandish and so memorable, they would stick with us for years. If some mm. figure skater got their knee bashed in, it would be forgotten in a day. But this I mean, lived on for so long. It was part of the immortal Weird Al... Uh, uh, song headline news. Oh my god! Which talks about right. Lorena Bobbitt, the kid who was caned in Singapore. A later Simpsons episode, yep. and this Michael, thing exactly. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, and, and, and the, well, there's a documentary about it. And Nancy, and like everybody else, is reliant on being invited on talk shows to talk about it because yeah. everybody's out of jail. And Nancy Kerrigan's like. I was the best at my sport, and I fucking hate that this defines me. Yeah. That does suck. <laughs> and I, well, and it's also unfortunate that Tanya Harding. <laughs> likely did the planning with yes. it. it like it's it's hard to it's hard to see it any other way but she was like it's unfortunate she was cast as like and she's a terrible figure skater who had to hurt someone on her team to do better like 
No, she was great. Mm-hmm. Like she she could do stuff other people couldn't do like that were feats of strength, but it also meant trying and sometimes failing. I wish and, I knew that 30 yeah. for 30 about it. It's fucking I fascinating. It and I think I think Bolster like cuz they had just split up the summer and winter Olympics at that mm-hmm. point. It was oh, like right, the, it was right. like the, the second or third second or third time they'd done that and uh I think that brought more attention to the Winter Olympics oh, yeah. than any any qualified athlete would have done. And I well, think I think the uh, the mastermind mm-hmm. quote unquote of this plan, uh, Jeff Galuli, mm-hmm. would yes. just be a a David Letterman punchline like Joey Buttafuoco. Yes. He would just say yeah, Jeff Galuli. Jeff Galuli, and uh, it would just be that Galuli. would be it's a funny name, and he just said it for no reason. Ah, yeah. Galuli. The thirty for thirty also point out something I never knew about figure skating until then is that figure skating is bullshit because it's all judges. It's mm-hmm. all up to the judges. Yeah, and judges come with their own prejudices and that includes if you are an out figure skater you might be judged for that and they're like this wasn't a manly enough performance by the other way around if if you're the sole not out figure well it's some (laughs) some figure skating judges are uh, uh, are surprisingly not cool with gay people and are more very buttoned down and religious there's for 20 years, there were jokes in SNL. Ooh, not good from the Russian judges. Well, there's also that. But, but then Tanya, too, had that thing of, like, she. they tried to make her girl. They talk in the, in the, in the oh, documentary that's right. about thug. trying to make her girlier because she's like, well, if she looks too tough, then they'll think, like, she's not feminine enough and mm-hmm. they'll knock against her. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are too many factors into appealing to these, like, arbitrary rules and subjective opinions that was, of judges. I, I don't want... I know people are mad at us for kidding. That was a cool thing about the documentary that, like, they... It wasn't that they just came across one another. They'd been touring together for years. They'd known each other. They'd known each other for a long time. And the Simpsons did reference this when it would be like Trick Knee got attacked by Mo in a match. It would be like me kicking you in the back because you wanted a Retronauts episode that I wanted to go on. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode, Homer the Vigilante. uh, I'm not sure if we have a clip of this, but uh, a lot of it is based on a a really old movie. This is totally a John Swartzwelder pool. It is uh, the movie Raffles uh, about a gentleman (laughs) thief named AJ Raffles who leaves a calling card behind. He's a cat burglar. So I don't... I, it's hard to find clips of this. This is from 1939? 39. It's played by David Niven. David, David Niven. Well, mm-hmm. and I've got more to say. Ooh, it's like, it's like his breakout role. I think so. So I didn't... I wasn't able to like... It's There are no clips of this online. There's no the most good part. clips, I don't uh, think. But what I did find is why not get someone more qualified? So I don't want to rely on this ever again because there's not a lot of jobs in or, involved with being on Talking Simpsons part of this is doing your own research but like this was a little difficult I wasn't that interested so I thought why don't I just default to good old Turner Classic Movies Ben Mankiewicz first, tonight we've got David Niven in one of his first big starring roles it's from 1939 Raffles this was not David Niven's big screen debut he started acting in movies five years earlier mostly though in bit parts but he gradually worked his way up through the credits, and with this film, at last, he was getting top billing, playing the title role as Man About Town, A.J. Raffles. He's a star cricket player, he's a hit with the ladies, and he's also an accomplished jewel thief. I like to think of uh, Ben Mankiewicz as a Michael Showalter character. <laughs> well, but Don't it... you ever joke about Ben Mankiewicz, he's the only thing we have left after uh, Robert Rob, Osborne's uh, passing. Uh, uh, Poor Robert Osborne. He is just the ultimate movie grandpa. All my, all my movie grandpas are dying. It and sucks. And whoever that uh, that woman who I love and hate on the weekends, <laughs> just because I want her She's job. She's too young to know about old movies. I know. I want her job so bad. I want it so bad. But so David Niven's performance as Raffles would also be the basis for 
a character he would play in the Pink Panther. You're right. His, which is actually closer just in age to the character of Malloy, Malloy in this episode. And I have a clip for that, too. Do you? Do you really have to leave this afternoon? Yes. Isn't this um, departure rather sudden? Not at all. Why do you think so? Well, I just thought that uh, after last night that... Uh, My leaving has nothing to do with last night. Hasn't it? Yeah, and the, 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 the music your... uses a lot more evocative of Pink Panther oh, as yeah. well. It's a straight up Pink Panther themes mm-hmm. for it, but the reason they cast David Niven in that was because of Raffles. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be playing his Raffles-type character who steals the Pink Panther, a jewel, mm-hmm. and he's being tracked down by the police. And the film is supposed to be a David Niven film. Mm-hmm. But they cast Peter, Peter Sellers, Sellers in it, who steals every yeah. second he is on screen. and the, That's all he does in every movie. <laughs> Niven never came... I don't believe Niven came back for the sequels. I think mm. they were just Clouseau films at that point. Yeah. And it's funny, to, I rewatched. It was hard to even find a clip on YouTube that featured David Niven from The Pink Panther, because all the clips on YouTube are yeah. the funnier Peter Sellers scenes. Mm-hmm. And... In the Peter Sellers film that starred Jeffrey Rush playing him, I remember in the scenes during the filming of the first Pink Panther that some person interviews him said, I hear you're stealing this movie from David Niven. He's like, oh, no, we're working together. And, <laughs> and but I mean, they've got to base a cartoon character after, after yes. me that will run on TNT for years to come. <laughs> Kids won't like it as much as Bugs Bunny. It's no Anthony Oddvog. Barf. All those MGM tunes <laughs> suck. Why'd you bring that up? So but, many wasted afternoons. But so, yeah, you look at David Niven in Pink it, Panther. He looks a lot like Malloy. Malloy is him. It's just but. that Sam Neill, uh, Grant from Jurassic Park. Who does a fantastic job in this episode. He does. He so just, he's, he, but he's not going for an impression. He's just no. playing himself. And this is like yeah. this is six months after Jurassic Park. I don't know if Jurassic Park was hot when they um, when they hired him for this. Maybe it was just mm. breaking out into a huge movie. I, it was always going to be huge. Yeah, no I, I what. can't. I know I, I, I've since seen... Obviously, Jurassic Park was my Jurassic Park was my get woke movie. Like, oh my god, I love movies. That's all I love. <laughs> and I discovered Sam Neill and stuff afterwards. So I imagine he had some small breakout role. Yeah, but he he was much more prominent after Jurassic Park. I mean, yeah, he wasn't. He was in films but before I, him. But in terms he wasn't of in... what I know about the Simpsons production at this cycle, I don't know what role would have launched Sam Neill into the role of Malloy. You didn't yeah. see The Omen 3? I did not. <laughs> it's a great movie. I waited a great for, bad movie. I waited for 666. Huh. I loved in the third Jurassic Park film, they tried to turn him into Indiana Jones. It's like, ah, come on, man. <laughs> Sam Neill's supposed to be just like a geek who hates children. Yeah, That's was, his character. He was schlubby in 93. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. this is a John Schwartzwelder episode, and you know it is because Homer acts like a dog, which as Schwartzwelder has called Homer, as said of his way of writing Homer, is a dog that can say its own name. That's, that is how he writes Homer. Oh, that's great. Dad, we've been robbed. Wake up, Dad, wake up. There was a burglar and he took my saxophone. Woo-hoo! And our portable TV. Don't. And my necklace. Yeah, that's no big loss. Homer, that necklace was a priceless Bouvier family heirloom. <laughs> oh, you probably got a whole drawer full of them. Well, yes, I do. But they're all heirlooms, too. <laughs> that's more visual, but I Just love the, the ball big ball of, of red pearls, yeah. whatever they are. Yeah. They're all family heirlooms, and I like the... I also like just the sound of them coming yep. out of her neck, yep. like that yeah, they're like just, just popping out. I think they have to because that's referenced later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. The, just like the Marge, sound of pearls. Marge sleeps with her with her jewelry that. on, I guess. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you guys: um, Have you ever been robbed, like your house? No, no. I have an interesting no, I story. No, I, oh boy, I, I, I had my. 
this is going to sound so privileged, but I, I had my my mar- summer house was broken into during the regatta. I went to a I went to a camp based on hobbies, and I immaculately put. I have actually have the folder. I brought it back for the Marvel mm. cards folder. Ah, yes. And it was ba- and, and like my hobby is these Marvel cards, so I brought them, and then I went to lunch, and then they were all stolen, and it was like the oh. most heartbroken. Oh. I've I've had shit stolen and lost stuff, but mm. that was the most heartbroken I've ever been. Aww. The I had as a kid. It was I my was, prized thing at the time. Yeah. As yeah. as a kid, I was very trusting mm. uh, too much of people who just said, "Oh, that your super soaker is really cool. Could you lend that to me?" And nothing happened. And then, and, and then, by the end of the day, it was returned to me broken. Aww. And they're like, "Yeah, we smashed it. Who cared?" That's so. Sad. And one time, I went to where I had parked my car in front of my house, back when I owned a car, and it had clearly like the seat was re- reclined and stuff was moved around. I was like, "I don't think I left the doors unlocked, but somebody came in here and laid down in this car." <laughs> Weird. Like, it was just, but. As far as I could tell, nothing was missing, but it was just this feeling of like, it's a massive invasion of my privacy. <laughs> to this my, car feels weird now. To my credit, I don't own anything of value. <laughs> I'm looking around, Chris. I see at least $30 worth of Amiibo on your wall. Yeah, someone sent me a bunch of Amiibos. You would have to know me and the value of Amiibos uh-huh. and get into this house. It, is very, it would be very easy to find our Malloy. When you're on like a fourth situation. floor, that's a long way to go. Yeah. Well, someone did break into my house wow. when I was in it, actually. Oh, really? And uh, I blame my sister because at the time she was hanging out with some real bad seeds wow. on the wrong side of the tracks. So, it wasn't, so, of course, it was somebody you knew, not just it some tends rando. tends to be how it always I is. I think it's somebody that knew uh, there was a person in a middle class home, possibly yeah. full of valuables they could steal from. But I was home. I was slightly hopped up on cold medicine. I was staying home from work because I had the flu. Oh, and I was so just wait, how old were you? I was probably eighteen. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had to be. I, I had to be eighteen because yeah. I, I remember I was playing SSX, the PS2 yeah! launch game, wow. while uh, hopped up on Dayquil. Stale fish, Christ grab. And I love that song for Dot. I can never, I can never get over it, but. <laughs> I was playing it. I hear all these like banging around noises, and I'm like, "What? What's happening in my house? My sister's at work. My parents are at work. What's going on? They're coming from upstairs." So I open the door to my parents' room, which is just a set of stairs up to a, like a loft area or whatever, and I see a man at the top of the stairs, and I am in my my clouded wow. flu slash cold medicine um, line of thinking, and I say uh, the first thing that comes out of my mouth, which which is really stupid, is, "Do I know you?" And the guy's like, and the uh, sitcom audience cracked up. Yeah, I mean, I, I could hear the laughter in my head, but I think the guy said, "Uh, yeah." And I was like, well, "Very well." Then and I closed the door, and I, and then like my the gears start turning. I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute, that's a that's a thief." And then like, as I realize what's happening, uh, he comes bounding down the stairs, like goes through my sister's room and out the window he came in, oh, and man. I also go through the same window. And uh, running with, like, socks on through the snow, through the backyard. He's not even holding anything. I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I chasing this guy? He's, he's out of my house now. <laughs> so then I call the police, and, and it's fine. We got our locks changed. There was no problems after that. But that was kind of scary, just, like, uh, knowing a guy was in your house. And he, he shouldn't yeah. have been there. It was just like, wow. oh, man. And I, I should say I broke into a ton of places. <laughs> not a lot of theft, though. It's more like, what, what liquor you got? It's more like uh, squatting. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that is, that is my brush... Wow. We'll get into that sometime, but I, I had a lot of runaway experiences, oh, wow. for real. Well, yeah. That was my brush with a B&E, nah, and I yeah. came out clean. Uh, did you lose your stamp collection, though? Oh, <laughs> I'm not that much of a nerd. Crime, I, it's a crime wave, baby. I, I love that Nelson calls him uh, to <laughs> go ha-ha. Yes. It, is, it is the ah. most extreme links to a ha-ha to mm-hmm. this point, but there will be a more extreme one yeah. soon. And I do like Burger even took my stamp collection. You had a stamp collection? (laughs) (laughs) Stamp collection!
Bart's pain is funny, but mine isn't. That's my line. That the saxophone show. was my one creative outlet. It was the only way I could truly express myself. Shh, quietly, sir. Almost hey, the burglar left his calling card. You have just been robbed by the Springfield cat burglar. Cute. <laughs> Idly ho, neighborinos. Can't talk. Rob, go help. <laughs> you folks got robbed, too. <laughs> the burglar took my shrouded Turin beach towels. Wow, it's a crime wave. There's like three line of the show candidates in there. And that one conversation, yeah, 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 it's great. I, I love the uh, the Bart's pain is funny, but mine isn't. You know yeah. what? I'll, I'll just be being callous. I, I, we don't usually. We should do it more democratically. I think so, anyway. yeah. And, and like, can't talk, robbed, go hell. Yeah, go yeah. hell is the best. That's the joke. I'm very happy. <laughs> That's our line of the show jingle, everybody. Yeah. So I want to ask you, um, do you have the clip of what was stolen from Skinner? Because I had several questions about this. Well, uh, I want to unpack a few things in that scene. Oh, sure, that, sure. That it said that the cat burglar was established in 1957, which is a good setup for how old he is. That mm-hmm. True, true. Doing it since 57. Mm-hmm. That... Homer forgot that Homer should care more about that sax because they don't have an AC unit because he bought that sax for her five years earlier. Oh, right. Remember? That's right. And he should care more. And that you should have had time to get an AC unit in the next the five that, years. The Shroud of Turin beach towels feel... <laughs> so it's a dumb. funny joke. It's a, it's a cute little joke, but... I always think of Catholics when I think of Shroud of Turin, which Ned is not a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Like He definitely isn't. And, yeah. uh, I mean, the joke in this episode in the beginning is Bart is sleeping with a television. That's so funny. And it's like, that's just me today. It's a tablet. Yep. I fall asleep watching things uh, on a tablet so every night. It's, I mean, it's not even a joke anymore. I Every time, like, oh, I roll over on my girlfriend's phone. Oh, it's mine. Because <laughs> they're both in the bed. I just, like, reason. wake up tangled in headphones yeah. every morning. Like, well, like, where, where am I? You, how could you put your phone anywhere but out of hand? hand reach you have yeah. to have it you could like, never not have and, it. an iphone doesn't sell any other charging cord more than two inches mm. so it's got to be uh, close to you well and my phone is my alarm clock so yeah. if i put it farther away when it goes off I'm like where's the damn phone turn mm. on the alarm so i would i want to talk about the uh the norman schwarzkopf uh collector <laughs> Norman. norman I, I was hoping i i knew what he was referencing oh me too yeah. principal skinner's storm and norman collector plates Funny. It's another one where I went to Twitter because I get it. I was so hoping it was a comic book character that I didn't know oh, about. Oh, you didn't and, know uh, about Norman Schwarzkopf? I did. I just okay. I just wanted it to be not more bad. interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't tell you that much. Of, I don't think that the gels with joke. Skinner very well. I mean, I mean uh, it does. It is like Skinner is a boring guy, and Schwarzkopf is kind of the most boring military hero of recent memory. He won well, a, yeah, but, a but very but easily winnable war. Skinner's not pro-military. He's traumatized. Hmm. I mean, and no, he would respect other people in uniform. He's never done that specifically before. We'll see more of that in uh, uh, the yeah. uh, season 100. I'm sorry, Billy episode 100. And exactly. But so there's a joke here, and I, okay, I get that Skinner is lame for having these, but yes. it's like they were stolen mm-hmm. again. So I went to Twitter and I was like, what does this joke mean, Twitter? Mm-hmm. Tell me. And there were some interesting solutions wow. to this. There was. The joke is that they should have never been stolen in the first place and they were stolen again. It is a very low-value item. Yes. The other interpretation was that they were stolen and then returned because the thief realized he could get nothing for them. But I am overthinking this joke. Please let me know in the comments what you think the interpretation is. Like, I, I mean, know. when I think of Norman Schwarzkopf, who was what? Like the well, he was the de- general during... He was the, the, lead, Iraq War? the leading general during the Desert Storm oh. and that he... 
So Desert all- Storm was such like a media eyes thing, and they're like, "It's it's Storm and Norman. He's so cool. Like I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. he, he was so like boring and staunch. Yes. And, and the, the only thing I think of when I hear his name is the Mad Magazine cover. And someone out there will is high fiving me right now. I think I had that cover. Chris. It will. It is so symbolic of the era. Because he was a four-star general, and and Levi's had introduced the buttonfly jeans. Uh, I had this. I had this issue. And he had a he had a four-star buttonfly uh-huh. on his, his Desert Storm fatigue. Oh my god! That's when I started reading Mad Late Eighties. It was. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when I started. I started as well. In the I early have 80s. one last theory about those uh, commemorative plates. Why they've been stolen again? So. He was sold to a degree, like so they would have made stuff like those. But I think they were stolen again because he's a principal and he's being pranked mm. by kids. So the first oh, time they okay. were stolen was by Jim, let's say Jimbo. This <laughs> so, that's uh, another. I want to say we should move on, but this is exactly what the show is that's for. That's what we're here for. I mean, uh, John Swartzwald, if you're listening, please let us know. But yeah, I, <laughs> and then I, so finally I, reach out. And, uh, Barney wakes up naked with everything stolen, which yeah. makes me think, like, so did Malloy undress him, or was he asleep nude? I think he like, just, like, took took off his clothes on a bender and just passed out on the floor. I mean, it's possible. I, the joke I is that he's, stuff he, this. he's been robbed and doesn't notice. That's and true. I want to say, this could be the last time we see his crappy apartment. Mm. I feel like we're seeing less and less of it as he becomes less of a character, more of just a joke that's inserted. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I feel like even in Hi, his, mm. even in his um, recovering alcoholism episode, mm. you don't see too much of the inside of his place. You, and you uh, want some more Simpson? Well, I love Homer's. I love Homer's. Curse your, curse you, magic beans. Yeah. That's another of my favorite lines. <laughs> I, it was a little too far, but uh, this is if you're a Simpsons nerd. Yeah, I got oh, this please? down. Are you sitting down? Good. I wish to report a robbery. A robbery, right? Thanks for the report. It's another one, Lou. Seven twenty-three <gasps> Evergreen Terrace. No. Yeah. Is it the they second time the address is wrong? What was the first time they solidified this okay. at 742? I 742 forget. was... Uh, Snake's address. <laughs> no, all right, so 742 was Snake's address. It was Margin Chains. Mm-hmm. When they ship the juicer to Homer, right, that's right. it was 742 yeah. was the address. Now so. it's, it's, it's 24, 724, it's he 742. said? Okay. What did Wiggum say, 24? He said 23. Yeah. 23. Oh, this 23. was 723, Got and it. I think it's just they forgot it. That's the yeah. other side of the fucking street, man. Uh-huh. I feel a, like Oakley and Weinstein would never let this happen again. <laughs> yeah. I remember, it's 742. 742. I'm going to keep my eyes out for this to be the last time they get the address wrong. I think it will be. <laughs> I do but, love their uh, their wrong conclusions. Like Move, move the pins around oh, it's pointing it, right here yeah. it's almost <laughs> looks like an arrow and i think we've come to the conclusion what my favorite kind of episode is it's when all of springfield is panicking yes that's yeah. my favorite yeah because then, then you get these little moments where characters can shy it's shine like frink well as you can see when the burglar trips the alarm the house raises from its foundations and runs down the street and around the corner to safety <laughs> well the the real humans want that well, won't burn quite so fast in there. Right. <laughs> and that's a, a little twister mouth for you. Oh, you're right. In that yeah, shot. A, a mini twister. And, and like, I know now from syndication, that joke is paid off later. Yeah. And they with, cut that. With the running house. Oh, with yeah. the running house. It follows into the laser sequence, which is is cut in most of the, most of the syndication versions yeah. I've seen because it's not it's so long to it's make something two they jokes. can cut yeah without affecting the plot at yeah. all but when I think of how crazy the show has gotten mm-hmm. like the the test of him making a miniature running house that's one <laughs> thing but that 
They built them for real, and Bart activates one. I'm just thinking of how it would take to install that under your foundation. <laughs> like, uh, and like, he, he built a fake family that could catch on fire and fall out of the house. Yeah, and you have to hope that the house was empty when Bart activated it, or he killed all the people in that house. I do like the idea of the house running away, possibly yeah. with the burglar still inside. Yeah, or with the family at work. Like, yeah. Where's my house? And then, it defended uh, itself. Also, the second Wiggum is there with that dog. You know he's yeah. going to be attacked by it. Just like okay. my mommy, And that uh, Kent is is just as bad in this. Like Kent, yeah. Kent runs the news to terrify people. Would you say it's time to panic? <laughs> yes, I would. Yes, sir. <laughs> that guy. I, I didn't get him at all. Professor, but he's I love that. He's I love so the great. Yes, yes, I would. Uh, but, but it's time to meet Malloy. I Yay. think it's the cat burglar. Please don't kill me. Abe, can I borrow your ointment? Oh, it's you, Malloy. All right. But this time, clean off the applicator. <laughs> oh, they're talking you. about butt cream, everybody. <laughs> butt he'll, cream. He'll slash you here. And Sam Neill, baby. Also, Apu is super aggro on this way, shooting at people for a time. Make you go to hell. Though he has, he's been robbed so many times before yeah. that I can see this pushing him over the edge. It's about edge. time he starts firing back. I mean, the, the only time this gets better for me is in the it's this season right the comet episode yeah uh, season uh, six, six is i love it when Spring, all of springfield goes insane yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very oh, very so murky anything with just a t- town hysteria i feel yeah, like I love he, it that's his and uh, they shouldn't even be uh, scared of being robbed again because they already have been and exactly that's, that's when we get one of my favorite gif moments i used recently of mm. homer thinking over jug music. yes it's so it's I so good it. What's the point of all these precautions? I've already lost the only thing that matters to me. Oh, Lisa, stop pining for your saxophone. I got you another instrument. What is jug? Lisa, never ever stop in the middle of a hoedown. And Homer immediately just turns into a hillbilly, like, oh, hill, hill, hill. I love the stepping back and forth while he's With, scratching yeah, his the, chin. Yeah, yeah. The stern look on his face while Lisa looks pissed as fuck. It's and a it's, great act break joke to go out there on. There are a few things in this world I love more than Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Ah. So anybody playing the jug? I've used a gif of the Homer thinking to jug mm-hmm. music as, as a, say, like, me trying to think of a subtweet to <laughs> do to somebody. Or a fucking sub-headline. That too, oh, yeah. So um, act two opens in uh, the little scene uh, Ned's rumpus room. The bar the and everything. Yeah. everything yeah. Now you got a lawsuit on your hands. Uh-oh. But this this would have been my line of the show, cause I, but I'm willing to default to uh, majority here, just because I love panicky Springfield people. Yes. I do love the I'm someone else line. Mm-hmm. Welcome, neighbors. <clears throat> Since the police can't seem to get off their dufferoonies to do <laughs> something about this burglarino, I think it's time we start our own neighborhood watch. A Rooney. Yeah! <laughs> Rooney should lead the group. You! Yeah! Flanders! 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 I don't really have very much experience, but I'll be... Someone else! <laughs> yeah! Someone else! Someone else! Someone else! I'm someone else! He's right! <laughs> that is so great. Oh, just beautiful. I love the fickleness. They just want a, a quick solution with no uh, problems that are evident uh, at the, all. Ned, Ned's momentary pausing just to, to accept, like yeah. he is accepting, is enough for them to go like, no, nah, we, we lost trust you. And then Homer... He's then right! Homer Mo, just, Mo is my favorite yelling person in the mob. Yeah, I mean... Let's go get some cider! I mean, I think Mo's violent tendencies really come out the... Like, he's he's slowly turning into more and more of a dirtbag. Yeah, 
we yeah. see a lot of that in this episode. And that Homer describes himself as as something all mobs love. It's like we need a we don't need a thinker. We need a doer. Someone who will act without considering the consequences. Uh-huh. An outsider. Yeah. Yeah. An outsider. <laughs> Run it like a business. Uh, and. Then came a joke that I was glad it was on the DVD that was never on my VHS because what? they cut it for, uh, at least, I swear to God, the, the gun scene was not. Really? Oh, Bart with the gun was not on there. They cut I, before showing Bart with I the gun. I remember that on the DVD. One. Yeah, on the DVD, Bart with the gun is on there. Okay, but, but syndication. In, in, in the first run that I taped, oh. my first run version did not have Bart with it's the gun. It's funny, on the DVD, they said they had to fight for that. So maybe the first mm. airing did not have it, and they uh, put in subsequent airings. Hmm. I don't think the guns are a good idea. Marge, we're responsible adults. And if a group of responsible adults can handle firearms in a responsible way... Sorry. Uh-oh. Me again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that reveal of Bart uh, is very great. So and, great. Uh, eventually everyone gets into different costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, just love... It's I, so weird, because Barney's uh, just dressed like someone at the gulp and blow. Yeah, exactly. He's a gulp and blow employee. I, I, like, Apu is dressed as a, as a, as a Sikh, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was so, a Hindu. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, are you saying they don't understand Indian culture and they, just this, made a joke? They might this not. is the portion of the show where Chris pretends to know the difference. Oh, uh, there is a difference. And uh, Skinner is just as like a green beret, literally wearing a green beret. And he uh, is a green beret. He beat up those lawyers from Disney right. and identified <laughs> as a green beret. And so. Mo is like a World War One, uh, like uh, yeah. what do you call that? A re- Kaiser helmet, a Meister, or whatever. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's an interesting gang, though. Now it is. I, they immediately fall into violence, as with all people who just want to protect their neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, in, well, a, in a post George hey, hey. Zimmerman world, this is less funny. Captain America said it. Everyone who starts a war before it uh, starts a war before it starts, innocent people get hurt. Yeah, every time. And, and what is Homer dressed as? I really can't tell. He's got yeah, this weird know. like fish, fisherman's hat on and like yeah. a, just a tan out like UPS driver outfit. I, I, I thought I found it, it either. I thought I found it familiar. Is it like a literal brown shirt? But it's more of a, no, a tan shirt. I think I'm just thinking of Bruce Dern from the Birds. Why well, think of dudes wearing that hat in the jungle, like in some nah. jungle? Yeah, bar, but I can't. I can't identify. Or commenters have if, if you're it. banging your ex-wife's uh, adopted Asian daughter and you're Woody Allen. <laughs> is that what he does? Okay. He just I mean, wears that hat when he does fisherman. Hat. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's where the pits and vinegar line comes in. Where Abe Abe wants to do it and he can't. It's, yeah, it's they barely use it as a story point, but the, they're like, we don't want your help, Abe. You're old and useless. Established three times. So if there is a rule of threes, yes. that the old the elderly are ignored despite yeah. the wanting to help. And I mean, and he's proud that he racistly mm-hmm. ran out the Irish <laughs> yeah. of Springfield. One of what the, a fine job you did. One, one of the darkest jokes that I can remember, just thinking, like, what is the Darkest Simpsons joke? It's Abe saying, though, like, this tickling me is a form of abuse. abuse it's a yeah. form of abuse. Yeah, like, it's like, that's just a really, like, just starkly dark joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And uh, but We never thought of it because it would never occur to you to tickle an old person. And tell them that you're, like, you're so useless, aren't you? Disgusting. Yeah. The Simpsons will be right back. What up, Talking Simpsons listeners? I'm assuming right now, if you have gotten all the references in this episode, you are a classy, classic media-savvy person like me. And if you are, you might enjoy Vinyl Me Please, the best damn record club. You can go to joinvmp.com slash lasertime and see how you can save 40 bucks on getting a record delivered to you every single month. If you're like me, I'm kind of getting into vinyl a little bit. Obviously, it also feeds into my 
a little collector's mentality. And it's really cool to discover not only old stuff, but new stuff uh, through a Record of the Month Club at a very inexpensive value. The Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of their members worldwide. And better still, each record comes with exclusive features you won't get anything anywhere else, like bonus tracks, inserts, exclusive arts, new packaging, and even uh, and even printable cocktail recipes uh, to pair with your listening experience. This month's record is Fiona Apple's breakthrough debut, Title, from 1996, in a remastered double LP with exclusive art, uh, 12-page lyric booklet, and gatefold jacket. I want to call it a guilty pleasure of mine, but hey, man, Criminal's just a good song. Uh, that's, that is on this album, baby. But guess what? If you don't like uh, the record of the month that month, you can swap it out for something Vinyl Me Please has previously released in their archives, which just so happens to include... Uh, a double red pressing of uh, Gorilla's Demon Days, Weezer's Pinkerton, My Morning Jacket, The Fugees, and a whole lot more. There are dozens to choose from. No contracts, no hidden fees, no extra charges, and top-notch customer service can get you whatever you need as soon as humanly possible. That's Vinyl Me, please. And you can go to joinvmp.com slash time right now and see how you can save up to 40 bucks on a bunch of cool new albums. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. I had a slam banging weekend, saw a ton of people, old GR friends, Charlie and Cherry. That was oh, nice. like, I didn't really invite Charlie over as much as he said, we paid for a babysitter and we're going to do shit. Right. But it's like, we have one night, we're forcing ourselves. Oh yeah, I would absolutely Thank God you did. Uh, whose house is open? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be in it very soon. It's, it, it really brought me back to like, who, who moved yeah. out right away? Oh yeah. man, let's go over there. What is he doing? Let's all meet over at his house, we, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> I lived in a house mm-hmm. towards the end of my Illinois run where it was like, yeah, just come over whenever. And then it was, oh, good. I'm glad there's always a party here. <laughs> I would, like, come out of my room and be like, there's 50 people here. Mm. I don't know most of them. <laughs> and, like, uh, then there's one point cops show up mm. because they're like, yeah, we got a report. I'm like, from who? I couldn't hit a, ho- a neighbor's house with a football. Oh, I but then they're like, we heard there's a report of underage drinking. And I'm like, no, mm. no, 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 no. Every- <laughs> Literally everybody get out of my house I right know, now. We had a dumb... The cops can't say anything if you have a sign in your door that says "No one drinking under 21." Like <laughs> that is, there's no way that's the law. That's like not that, the I can law. just I can Mario paint <laughs> out a picture that says "No one under 21." I'm under 21. Yeah. Like that is that is impossible. And the picture no, was my friend in a in like full Bali clob and Kevlar holding a shotgun to my head as I I presented my ID. <laughs> I someday I want to find that picture. It was great. <laughs> Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcasts, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. But of course they go to Herman's shop to get these things. Like, if Herman didn't exist before mm-hmm. this episode, they'd have made him up for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good, because a very rare appearance from He's Herman. used tactically. I mean, he's using mm-hmm. the Pulp Fiction parody, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be in the Falling Down parody if they made one. He's a Schwartzwelder <laughs> character. He really like, is, and, yeah. And His burger he... doesn't look anything like the pictures. <laughs> I mean, Schwarzwelder, I believe, wrote the episode, the mm-hmm. the Bart's War episode, or Bart whatever. Bart the General. Bart the General, and that 
I think a dark side of Schwarzwelder is is Herman, of mm. just the guy who wants to hunker down with his guns. Yeah. But he also to... wrote The Cartridge Family, and yeah. just like the scene in this, it shows that guns are bad in the hands of the wrong people. Mm. Yes, like Homer true. and Moe and Barney. And and Herman, who like the second Homer says, like, I'm part of a neighborhood watch group, I'm like, well, then all can be trusted, and shows him an awesome missile. And it's just, oh, yeah. it just weird that this is like it, this is a very specific Doctor Strange love reference, even though the last episode title is a very specific Doctor Strange love reference with I, no references in the cartoon. I credit Oakley and Weinstein. Uh, I think they are the most involved, interested in the Strange Love parodies. Yeah, and to their credit, that scene it's Slim Pickens riding the the, oh, the, the greatest the bomb, but it, the, even in the cartoon, it's matted in the same way. Like there's, yeah. there's the same amount of shadow. On this, on that sequence with Homer it's writing magical. the bomb, it's magical. I love it. I this is what caused me to watch Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. I think because and, and Doctor Strangelove is one of my all time favorite movies ever. It's if so you good. think mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick can't do comedy, he is a master. He was a master of comedy. It's he just ridiculous. didn't do many other comedies after Strangelove. It's, you know? Again, with Peter Sellers, multiple uh, roles, but, yeah. and right. I think it took me maybe two or three viewings to realize like oh that's that's one guy playing these different people yeah, me like too. i didn't realize he was the uh the, he was like the fay like french officer and yes. the president no, and he was he was in uh, london oh, the, yeah. he was a british that's officer right. at the fort then he was the president muffley and then he was strange love and he was originally going to be a guy in the play and he was going to be slim pickett's part but he just couldn't do it like this was also from the jeffrey rush thing of just like i can't do a and southern just with the beautiful thing dude. i want to point out because I just watched The Side Hackers, oh. which has a lot of patent references, which because that had four stars on my TV guide, I watched it all the time, despite not loving it. No. George C. Scott is so fucking funny in this movie, and he's yes. not a funny person. You know in person he's not yeah. funny, of Al My Groin fame. That's why it's funny to see him hit When me. you stick your hand in a pile of goo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that he's, oh, he's so good in Dr. Strangelove. He's perfect. It's the same way like Robert Stack is perfect in Airplane. And he's I, a serious actor. And I think, uh, I could be remember, remembering this wrong, mm. but Kubrick uh, intentionally told him to like play it up we won't use these takes just have yeah. fun with it and he used all the takes that george that scott is, was just going crazy in that is a story yeah but he's oh. so awesome there yeah, like it's so great ah, the Ru- the ruski and oh they can't think of something like this and and crusty uh, would basically play him in uh <laughs> sideshow bob's last gleaming that's true yeah. yeah he's the same i cannot suggest strange love enough mm-hmm. it's so great and it also, that Slim Pickens was playing it straight too. That they said as as King Kong uh, yeah. was his character. I don't know Slim Pickens from anything other than this and Blazing Saddles. Well, he was he was just a guy who was in dozens of westerns. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, you're the western character actor. That's why they. But he's the too. embodiment of that archetype for me. Totally, yeah, and, the and, like rich Texan kind yeah, of. Yeah, he's awesome. But I, I love also him. think because he is that guy and. James Earl Jones in that movie, a young James Earl Jones, oh, one of the pilots in the plane. Yeah, yes, I think he's probably one of the only people still alive from that film. He has to be. Yeah. And then originally in that film, it ended with a pie fight in the war room, which they cut. It's on YouTube. A, it's so great because there's a joke of the president going down and getting shot, and they're like, well, "This isn't so funny after the assassination <laughs> yeah. of Kennedy months earlier." Mm. So, but here's a Doctor Strange oh, reference, yeah, which leads into another run. thing. Hey, see the sign? So that was an atomic bomb <laughs> built to drop, be dropped on beatniks, and Homer says, take that, Maynard G. Krebs, yeah. which is Bob Denver Gilligan's yeah. character on Dobie Gillis, who was the model for Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, which wasn't a real beatnik. He was a parody of beatniks. He's not, but like the last remnant you have 
of beatniks from the 50s is Shaggy, who looks the same in gotta, 2017. I gotta say, watch the Roger Corman movie Bucket of Blood. Mm. It is a, a movie of that era that is a horror movie with beatniks in it. It's a beatnik-based oh, horror movie. It is a Roger Corman movie, so it's not that great, All but it's starring a lot of fun. Med's, Ned's parents and their friends. Yes, and you hear a lot of bad beat poetry. That's, yeah, let's parodied in this episode. Uh, what I... I gotta say, I think I think the Ratmaster 2000. It's funny in a way, but it was a lame joke. That it's was a very lame joke. Them. Yeah, I was mm. like, why do people think he's Hammer? He's a big fat white guy. Yeah, they wouldn't. And Hammer wasn't cool to think of in ninety. No, in, not ninety three. Just watching, it's like so the writers don't like this music and think fans of it are so undiscerning. Uh, maybe that's it. They could mistake it for anything they, else. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. Bert, give me that megaphone here. It's not just a megaphone, Dad. It's a Ratmaster 2000. Never mind the commercial. Just give it to I me. Do like I'm going to whip this neighborhood into shape. Move along there. <gasps> it's Hammer. <laughs> Return to your homes and places of businesses. I was I was capturing this in front of our other Laser Time team, and in like with no sound, it's still hilarious to look at. <laughs> yeah, because that motorcycle sidecar is like that just doesn't exist. Yeah, the whatever, people, the whatever people dancing motor- is really funny it's too. So, it's, it's it's great animation the, of them. They're wa- they're chasing after him, yeah. but also dancing yeah, at this the is same a Jim Reardon episode. By the way, at sorry. the same speed, and like we just I just you know fucking obsessing over the idea of like. Phil Hartman characters standing around not saying anything. Mm. They just designed all new characters yeah, for the sequence, and they all look like they're ripped from Do the Bartman. I couldn't <laughs> confirm that, but uh, they, yeah. they they they're very evocative of the era, more so than any other resident of Springfield. I love that they immediately embrace Jimbo. Instead, they they hurt innocent <laughs> people, but when they find somebody uh, who actually is a hoodlum, yeah. they embrace him because he idolizes them. Hey, you're that drunken posse. Wow. Can I join you? I don't know. Can you swing a sack of doorknobs? Can I? You're in. Here's the sack. But you gotta supply your own knobs. I do. It was almost my line of the show. I do love the mission statement of uh, the vigilante group. uh, Push people around. Make ourselves feel (laughs) Feel big. big. Yes. Well, so then came a reference that I didn't ever know was a reference until now from doing the research is that... So at the dinner table where they're explaining what they do and and mm-hmm. Lisa says, who will police the police? Who will watch the watchman? Homer, Homer says, and as for your grandma, or uh, like your car flipped over and as for your grandma, she shouldn't have mouthed off like that. That's a funny line as it is. But it is the plot of a Flannery O'Connor short story. A very oh. dark one. A very yeah. dark one called A Good Man is Hard to Find. Of a uh, The short version is a family, including their horrible grandmother, who's very annoying. They go, they go on a trip. She smuggles her cat into the car. The, the cat jumps out of nowhere. They crash the car. And the car stops to help them. It's a hearse, I believe. It is a hearse. Yeah. And guys get out and they realize it is this guy called the Misfit who has been murdering people all around town. And the grandma says, oh my God, you're the Misfit. And then he says, well, she, now I know she knows it's me, so I have to kill all of you. And he, the book, the story ends with the entire family, including children, taken to the woods and murdered. It is a great short story. <laughs> Spoilers, good, they a, all die. A good man is hard to find. See, I, I couldn't... One of my favorite lines was just them do, them going about their vigilante business. No burning leads without a permit. I got one. Too late. Huh. <laughs> I got one. It's, it's, uh, you see that with uh, 
awful corrupt regimes like, eh, eh, I can't do this long. Too late. Uh-huh. Or uh, you can't fly over here. Yes, we can. You can't bring a computer. Too well, late. we already blew up this thing. Too late. You get it. Sorry. Uh-huh. Too late. You're in jail. Too late. <laughs> and I like that Homer self-identifies as a mob. He's as like, a bully. The mob is doing yeah. He says, the mob has many other plans, Lisa. <laughs> like, uh-huh. This is one of my favorite lines when he's, this in, he's good, on this, Smart Line with Kent Brockman. I love this whole line. sequence. Oh, it's, it's great. So it's really good. good. Mr. Simpson, how do you respond to the charge that petty vandalism, such as graffiti, is down 80%? While heavy sack beatings are up a shocking 900%. Oh, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. I see. Well, what do you say to the accusation that your group has been causing more crimes than it's been preventing? Oh, Kent, I'd be lying if I said my men weren't committing crimes. Huh? Mm, Touche. <laughs> I don't Perfect beat. Perfect beat. It's great. I mean, I don't care much for the forfty joke. I feel like it's one of those what's the number for 911 style jokes. That, so, yeah. I do just because I'm an avid watcher of shitty pundits. Uh, and, like, there's, let's just say, some guy with a Greek last name. That's also Milo. Uh, it's just fact. Here's a statistic I'm pulling out of my ass that doesn't apply to what I'm talking about, but you can't fact check it on the air, therefore it's true. You can't stop this entire conversation yes. to fact check it. We can do it yeah. afterwards, but by then the damage is done. Look at the slices and, of this pie chart. And, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yes, and like, and Kent Brogman's just like, yeah, I, I just yeah, got steamrolled. Touche. I got steamrolled by this dumb fact that yeah. doesn't apply. It's true, <laughs> but, the, but it also it just works in a post-fact world, but I just love the saying of like, I'd be lying. Could, <laughs> that is my line. I of mean, the show. We're, we're all writers, and like, I can, I, yes. I've done it for years. I can take facts and make them sound any way I want, and I can yeah. phrase them in a certain way where they're inarguable. But this whole smart line sequence mm-hmm. is the it's best. so good. It's There's one even of my more of it ever. Oh, I love this. Well, it looks like we have our first caller, and I mean ever because this is not a call-in <laughs> show. <laughs> Hello, you're on the air. Hello, Kent. Hello, Homer. <laughs> My arch nemesis. Yellow. Uh, <laughs> you do realize who this is? Uh, Marge? No, Homer, I'm not your wife. Although, I do enjoy her pearls. As a matter of fact, I'm holding them right now. Listen. Why, you monster! And you have my daughter's saxophone, too! Honor! Honor! That's our stage manager! Oh, poor guy. <laughs> you know, Homer's yellow. Uh, I, yellow. I remember that from the Simpsons arcade game. That, that's what Homer oh, yeah. is saying on his little profile screen. Yellow. yellow. I always, I said yellow on phones many times because yeah. Homer showed me to. And then, I said embrace nothingness, which is Lisa's catchphrase <laughs> from the arcade game. <laughs> and then Homer even tries to throw the commercial break, but... We'll be right back. I get to say that. <laughs> but Malloy announces he's going to steal the cu- the world's largest cubic zirconia, which, <laughs> if you don't get the joke, cubic zirconias are man-made. Yeah. They are synthetic false diamonds. Yeah. And that's also why they... The opposite they, of precious sto- earth stones. Yes. <laughs> while they are pretty, they have much less worth because anyone can make them. And so yeah. there is no world's largest one. You make it as big as you can, and then someone can make a bigger one. I feel like the early 90s were a, a, a good time for this because I remember watching a lot of QVC, Quality Value Channel, yes. uh, growing up, and they would always have Diamonique. <laughs> Diamonique. Diamonique. 
Yeah, it was one another synthetic diamond. I don't know if people still care about synthetic diamonds. Well, if you, called, you should never buy a real diamond, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that industry is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather get something fake and somebody says, well, that's not a real almost, almost worthless. Yes. yes. It's like, how many fingers were cut off because this person <laughs> didn't deliver the diamond fast yes. enough? Blood diamonds are a real thing. De Beers <laughs> doesn't want you to know about them, but they're a real deal. I'd, I would rather have somebody say, like, yeah, this is fake. You can't even cut glass. Like, yeah, no children died for this. <laughs> I, well, I think I think buying jewelry is stupid anyway, personally. But mm. uh, I though that's maybe just because I don't like the feel of things on my fingers or my neck. No, yeah, no way. You. But but are old people useless? Tom, we want to help you catch that plug ugly egg. Ted, <laughs> the best way for you to help is to set a good example. Just stand around and don't steal anything. They immediately steal. I love. We're on a break. We're on a break. I, I love how uh, AP uses the term "yeg," which oh, is yeah. is a uh, old timey term for a safe cracker or a burglar, a yegman. Oh, yeah. Y e g g yeg. I wonder what? if that is either. I mean, that could definitely totally be Schwarzwalder. Yeah. yeah, that could be O and S uh, O and yeah. W as well. I'm pretty sure "yeg" shows up in a in a Schwarzwalder book <laughs> at some point. It's, it just I don't know. I, I want to show Plug you later later yeg. in the show how you can. I give the Simpsons writers a lot of credit for having all these weird old-timey words, but mm. I want to show you where they might have gotten them from. Oh. Um, mm. But the then we have a Dragnet reference like three two episodes, episodes after. Later. Yeah. yeah. Any sign of the burglar yet? Still show. How's that? It's his job. How's that? He's a burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Just nodding for a... I, I feel for, again if I didn't say it in the last episode I feel fortunate enough to get this because yes. Dragnet in terms of pop culture in 94 was one of the most successful things ever invented by human beings it, it ran for a long time it, I mean, we don't it know if started we in radio yeah. it has multiple television variations and a full length feature length movie starring Tom Hanks and, and Dan Aykroyd a classic rap yes that we just said he crime. Yeah, <laughs> and this is when we found out Homer's canonical age to this point. Yeah, he is thirty six. He says thirty six years ago, someone gave Homer. birth. I was going to say that, Chris. Uh, you are officially now older than Homer. That's Simpson. really weird. Well, as Marge, the canonically, it actually works both ways. Mm. That Marge will later correct Homer that he's thirty eight. Right. So Homer just might not like Homer is stupid enough to have his age wrong. So he might actually be thirty eight. But well, if least... every episode of The Simpsons is a day, uh, I it all. Oh, Homer actually it. died in the first episode. And this is all a dream. I <laughs> yes, read that on the internet, and uh, right. I think for as bad as the kill the alligator and run episode is, it cemented Homer's official age from that point on as forty two, which feels mm-hmm. like a much better age for him than thirty six. As, as I'm speaking sucks. as a thirty four year old, yeah, you, you want to think that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it was first... an unqualified parent who's th- who's your age right now, uh-huh. three kids. I don't want Ooh. this. Homer makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I would be drinking quite a lot, even with yep. teens. Uh-huh. TV would be your best friend. Yeah. I wouldn't be asleep at the switch. <laughs> I wasn't asleep. I was drunk. I believe you, Dad. <laughs> so of all the crimes Summer commits, he gets drunk with minors. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Chugging like, contest. Yeah. And I, I don't believe you have it, but I do love the line of Jimbo so much of like, I don't believe in nothing no more. I'm yeah. going to law school. No! no. Which Wait. Jimbo doesn't do. If I no. haven't told you my, like all my, my parent, my, my dad is a lawyer. His brother's a lawyer. The family are lawyers. They all quit that profession and kind of told me not to do it. Uh. And conversely, all the people I grew up with went to law school in their mid thirties 
just what the fuck else are you supposed to do? Uh, you, get, <laughs> I, you get a loan, you yeah, go to law school. I will take on six figures of debt to be a lawyer, maybe. It's exactly what <laughs> several of my friends Law did. school is very expensive. Mm-hmm. I also like that Barney was part of the mob and even saying, go on, Samson, yeah. like, as he leaves his house. Yeah. Like, he's... He's in front of his home. Yeah, another another old-timey reference when Grandpa makes his way into the house covered oh, in shit. I love shit. all of this. Oh, Grandpa, they pelted you too? No, actually, I fell down as a big boy. <laughs> Son, I've Son. come to help you. I know who the cat burglar is. What? Oh, huh? What? Well, well, well. Before I was too old and no one wanted my help. <laughs> Suddenly, look who comes to old Grandpa. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> Come back, I'll tell you. He was right under my nose the whole time. He lives in my retirement home. His name is Malloy. Uh, so it's like there's Much so many more vertical great things about sneakers for, for sneaking. sneaking and unlike most retired people he had the world's largest cubic zirconium <laughs> on his coffee table there's so many great things about this scene. Uh, the, yeah. the, the big boy if i have to say it only because i saw 700 local news pieces about how the last big boy is closing oh, I've and they're still big open boys and, and the, it's a big boy is you know, marked by what's essentially Lard Lad. It is a mm. giant, fat mascot that has a statue in front of every restaurant. Based on an actual big boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it, but he, he looks exactly like Lard Lad, except he's not holding any a, a donut or anything. He's holding, like, a platter, right? Yeah. I think he is. Uh, in some of them, but sometimes he's just doing, like, a fucking shuriken in the air. <laughs> um, and, and, and I just love when he's doing that. That joke works visually because of how fast the camera pans out to show the family has was walking away. Yes, and it's it's just it's a little thing, but it's like yeah, that's why you could you couldn't do it with live action. You wouldn't be able to hide that joke from people. Uh, yeah, that is so great. They just walking away. Mm-hmm. I feel like his whole explanation scene mm-hmm. is a parody of Matlock. Of just like, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. everything. It's yeah. his beloved Matlock. And he could have just said the, the last thing first. Like, oh, he had the thing that was stolen, and <laughs> yeah, that's how that's I found true. out. Like, yeah. But it's, it's like, I put the clues together. But again, it all gets even better for Chris personally, because it relies more on Springfield. Springfield, the resident of Springfield doing the right thing, yeah. which they can't possibly do. No. So, Mr. Malloy, it seems that the cat has been caught by the very person that was trying to catch him. Oh, ironic. Homer, old chap, well done. If anyone was going to catch me, I'm glad it was you. Actually, it wasn't me. It was my dad, Grandpa. Thanks, son. So you see, old people aren't so useless after all. Malloy's old and he outsmarted a lot of you. And I'm even older and I outsmarted him. (laughs) Shut up. I've had my moment. <laughs> it's immediately taken. He gets like five seconds to gloat, and it's taken away from him. And yeah, Moe's my favorite mob member all the time. So just like in the Pink Panther, he steals a valuable gem. <laughs> and But also in the Pink Panther, he is intentionally caught to escape yeah. later. Like So he is totally niven from the Pink Panther. In but there's this. The, the misdirect of like him apologize oh, yes. to everyone and we really Wigan coming as the buzzkill as a kid I really did think they were going to let him go <laughs> Me too. we we did almost miss that uh, that Selma has a lock uh, sorry a of ball Ma- of, of, Richard, of Richard Dean Anderson hair yeah. who, who knows how she got it I like that she keeps that ball the same like Marge's ball of Bouvier heirlooms the That's Bouvier true. is like to keep things in balls but I, Selma is the gay one of the twins correct no no Patty Patty yeah. oh yeah right sorry. and I collect celery that has been in McGruber's ass <laughs> <laughs> exclusively Watch no, that movie, people. That it's movie. fucking great. It's good, it's good uh, but Wiggum, Wiggum comes in to be a buzzkill. And although I have stolen your material goods, let me assure you. Dad, 
You got it back, just like you said you would. I sincerely regret any inconvenience I may have caused. And although I have stolen your material goods, let me assure you that your dear town has stolen my heart. Aww. Oh, he's so charming. Let's let him go! Yeah! <laughs> oh, sorry, folks. Gee, I really hate to spoil this little love-in, but Mr. Malloy broke the law. And when you break the law, you gotta go to jail. Ah, uh, that reminds me, uh, here's your monthly kickback. You just, you, you couldn't have picked the worst time. <laughs> I do feel like that is Merkin going against the of-the-time sitcom convention of everyone says ah and the episode ends and it's all resolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like very full housey, which was still on at the air at this time. Barney, let's let him go. Let's yeah, let's let listen to Barney. Yeah. That's what should happen. I just love how he says that. Let's let him go. It almost sounds like, like Pee Wee Herman in the tequila bar. And, and Wiggum still takes the kickback and puts it yeah. in his shirt. Like, he's like, well, it's embarrassing, but I still uh, keep I this still funny. have to take my bribe. And then we and, roll into... Uh, Oh, yes. uh, and Homer goes to the jail cell just to mock him. I, yes. Oh, yeah, let's hear that. suppose you're wondering where I hid all the millions of dollars that I stole over the years. Shut up! Oh, well, wait a minute. Maybe we should uh, hear him out. Where'd you hide the loot, Malloy? It's buried right here in Springfield, under a big T. No kidding. Ah. Big T, huh? Well, I guess I'll be going to my home now and sleep. <laughs> yeah, me too. I will also go home for sleep. This is so <laughs> fucking... I, I don't know why I love this so much. I love this uh, I mean, It's I, indulgent to the extreme. Yeah. But. I do kind of refuse to watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh my god, really? it seems like a three-plus-hour comedy that, that would be unbearable. <sighs> it, it is unbearable, but like... You know one of my favorite comedies the last couple of years? This is the end. I see. And it's... it's You know, it's kind of similar. It's yeah. not amazing, but it's just like it has a ton of funny people in for four seconds who get killed or like just, just show up for a second mm-hmm. and do something funny and leave. Well, I will and say that I, I have seen the 2001 movie Rat Race, which <laughs> ends with a, uh, what I call yeah. a... A smash mouth ex machina <laughs> to wrap up the uh, to wrap up the story. Oh, it is the only time uh, in a in a movie you will hear the line of dialogue. Wow, smash mouth! <laughs> that will never happen again. Uh, so uh, this movie can never top there is a Rat Race. There's a scene in Rat Race where John Lovitz makes his daughter shit out of Van Window, and yeah. she's screaming at the top of her lungs while they fly down the street. And like that is undeniably funny There's for this terrible maybe film. maybe ten good minutes of Rat Race. Yes. But, uh, the, but the Smash Mouth finale, nothing can talk about. Mad, 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 Mad World. It's four Mads. Four Mads. Uh, and it, it is... Everybody. Everybody is dead. Even the... Uh, everybody. I mean, they were like... The Three Stooges were there dying on screen. Yes. They're dying on screen. Yeah. Jonathan Winters move. is in it. Uh, yep. W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields is in it. Jimmy Durante is dying on it's screen. Don Knotts. Knotts is in it. Not credited in the fucking trailer. He was a surprise. Yeah. With wow. Ethel Merman, and Red Skelton. It's crazy. So it's... it. Again, if these names don't ring a bell, <laughs> duh. But, like, it was every famous comedian in this yeah. giant, long, overly indulgent All comedy. just have scenes with each other to be funny. Yeah. So... Like this episode made me watch Strange Love. Mm-hmm. I rented Man, 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 Man World mm-hmm. almost immediately after seeing this episode. On two VHS, two VHS tapes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, as a film fan, I'm actually mad I saw it that way because it's filmed in Cinemascope, which oh, means so extra, extra yeah. widescreen. It's 2.35 to 1, right? It, it, yeah. It, 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 it sucks. It's such a weird juxtaposition. There are so many like practical effects of like people nearly getting hurt in great yes. camera shots. And then it cuts to... 
blue screen of celebrities and vehicles yes. that looks totally unconvincing yeah, and terrible. There's and there's multiple like that. This was the era where it's like movies have to compete with TV, so mm-hmm. this is going to be a long ass movie in mm-hmm. CinemaScope with everyone yep. you've ever with heard about. Every expensive thing you can be. Well, the '60s in American cinema were defined by not knowing what the fuck to do against television, and the director, the the directors of the '70s haven't started yet, so mm-hmm. they're just like. Let's make paint your wagon. Let's uh-huh. make this, this was then like when you talk about throwing things. ideas at the wall. This is every idea and yeah, every pretty person. Much, yeah. But it's full of so many hilarious yeah. scenes. Jonathan Winters destroying the garage. It looks expensive. So and oh, oh the it, big it, T is the big W. Yeah, a. Jimmy Durante dies in the start of the film mm-hmm. and he tells them like I buried all my money under a big W and these few people who saw him die they know where it is and they're all like we got to get to this w first in hollywood mm-hmm. and get that money and as they go then more people start finding <laughs> out until a bigger and bigger mob but what they don't do is immediately shout out everybody it's yeah. under a big w yeah but it's uh, the secret spencer tracy i gotta i gotta oh, show wow. you a, a bit from the trail because yeah there's so many people in this movie from four continents history Airlines jet lands in los angeles launching the biggest entertainment airlift in motion picture history. The world's press, some 300 newsmen from four continents, arrive for the Hollywood premiere of Stanley Kramer's There was a certain amount of money buried down in this park. Now, I suggest that we quietly get into our cars, and then when we get down there, we dig up the money, providing that there is some money there. There's only one way to figure it, and that is every man... For himself. It's a bunch of people running off to their own cars who race for the money. Spoken by Buddy Hackett, who we didn't yeah. even mention, and Mickey Rooney, who are also in the oh, fucking yeah. film. And Milton Berle. And Milton Berle. It's, it's crazy. This episode, this episode uses the music from the movie yes. directly. Yes. It's not a sound like they actually use the, the theme or whatever song. Yeah. So I, lo- I love Beautiful. I give the Simpsons writers a ton of credit for f- coming up with these old-timey words I don't know. Ah. But remember they grew up with this trailer. And and so, like, they grew up with this movie. They grew up in this time. And so, like, this film, this is a a hyper indulgent. I love old film trailers, but it's like four and a half minutes long. Uh, And and half of it is screaming out quotes from publications who I think have been dead for almost a hundred (laughs) years. Let's see. But this is my favorite one. Wild and hilarious all the way. It's a mad, 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 mad world is everything its extravagant title suggests, this. says the New York Times. A wham-doodle, humdinger, uh-huh. stemwinder, said the New York World Telegram and Sun. So the, the New York World Telegram and Sun, which sounds like the result of 700 mergers, <laughs> called this movie a wham-doodle, humdinger, stemwinder. It's a contrabulous... <laughs> it's a contrabulous fab traption. <laughs> I, well, I have to hear this again. It makes me so happy. New York Times. A wham-doodle, humdinger, stemwinder, said the uh, I would not like my stem winded tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that sequence over this bit is from the destruction of yeah. the garage. And it was something, too, that I loved as a kid seeing that Phil Silvers is in it. Now, I'll get to Phil Silvers in a second. Yeah. But Phil Silvers is Top Cat stole Phil Silvers. Yeah. Like Top Cat is Sergeant Bilko, mm-hmm. 100%. And including his sidekicks, the guys who voice his sidekicks, two of them are are the, the, the oh, attendants wow. at the place. <laughs> and I just, as a kid, heard like, 
Hey, wait, that's the that's the pudgy cat who's with Fat <laughs> with with Tom Yeah, you cat. have the basis and the ripoffs doing scenes with one another. Yes, it's and beautiful. it's what I, like I I've always found this hilarious. Bill Silvers is so fucking. Before funny. I knew the source material, yeah. this is this like in the middle anyway. of the sequence. It's just Bart waving to a guy freaking out in yes, the car. And great animation on this too. Yeah. What's the matter with you, kid? You told me the stream was shallow. Why you? Hey. So the most direct yeah. reference I have that scene. I have the scene. Oh, okay, I got the scene. Got I got the scene as well. But it's just, of course, it's a fucking 1950s movie. So this sequence takes like 45 uh-huh. minutes to occur. It's, it's yes, no aquacar, yeah. but it's a, it's a it's a kid, <laughs> it's a kid coaxing a guy like, yeah, it's shallow enough. Just drive across. Mm. And it's uh, Phil Silvers. And, and hearing this right after watching this made me laugh for like two <laughs> fucking hours. It's too deep! It's too deep, you little rat fink! Why didn't you tell me it was deep? Why do I... Don't stand there! Get somebody! Don't... This is no place for a convertible! <laughs> it's no place okay. for a convertible! He's saying that right to the camera. and. I- <laughs> I mean, I was watching this episode with good headphones on uh, for once, and uh, the music is just delightful. It's yeah, just, it's beautiful. Like, so great. It's mm. Phil Silvers, is he's the best, is the sketchiest guy in the group, that he finds Jonathan Winters, who then tells him about the Big W, <laughs> and so then all he does is trick multiple people into like, Oh, well, of course, we'll work together to get that money. Hey, would you just throw your bike over there real quick, yeah, and then he, you can get in the car. It's, it's just basically Henry. killed Don Knotts. Yes, he's like, uh, Don Knotts, uh, do you see that? Uh, it's a police helicopter. Of course, that's what they use. <laughs> what do you mean, they? What do they, you mean, they? They're great together, <laughs> it's, too. It's, it's amazing. It's There's, a little slice of wonderful, and I don't know. I'm happy to bring it up, because if you give a fuck about old Hollywood or famous comedians before we were born this is the most of them that have ever Maybe been assembled I will watch and that Ethel Merman is really funny get it too. really high yeah, yeah I mean that. like when I was reading about this on Wikipedia I was mm. like I feel bad I never watched this and I was like original cut was 210 minutes dear mm. lord yes that's like almost four hours I remember I would there's use an it, intermission I would use it a lot there better be what, and what was that version of charades we'd play in a pool where we have to give an Marco abbrevi- Polo. abbreviation of the name oh, and like no, you'll never get this uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's six uh, M's in a row so mm. and they draw in the characters you will see Milton Berle in the background you will see Buddy Hackett mm-hmm. you'll Phil see Silvers. Phil Silvers mm-hmm. uh, even after he drowns you'll see Phil <laughs> Silvers at yeah. looking at the camera and yeah. smiling behind Homer and as then well the, as Lionel Hutz who never talks that's true mm-hmm. and then at the ending I always well I don't I wonder if you got the clip but I always think of this line. Just a piece of paper. It's mine. Rightfully sorry, but there is no hidden treasure. I have already used this time to escape from your jail. Bondus wishes. Well, we can't make out the signature. Keep digging. We're bound to find something. <laughs> dig up stupid, I'm dig sure. Dig up stupid yeah. is my favorite. Mm-hmm. It is it is a great way to explain getting out of a problem the wrong <laughs> Dig way. Up, stupid. Thinking like, boy, I really dug a hole for myself. Like, how do I get out? Dig up, stupid, meaning make more mistakes. Yeah. Keep digging that hole Start deeper. Start your you'll, own you'll, Patreon. You'll end, up, <laughs> you'll end up digging your way out. It's funny to see Marge is in that hole because I feel like she would, she would be sensible enough I to know. say, let's stop this. That or, was my that exact ten note, feet too. in, she yeah. would have said, okay, this, this, it's not there. I but I like it. It's a very good idea. Every single Springfieldian being as stupid as the next. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. And they're all going there like in different ways. Like, Barney is in a biplane with Patty and Selma, mm-hmm, which yes. is great. That's how uh, that, that's all the conveyances are from it, too. 
the the motorcycle with the sidecar, the plane. That was fun, ladies. Yeah, all the all the stuff is in there. I'm telling you, it's a great movie. It Maybe really I will. I am not see vouching it. for it on that. Well, sense, I'm not going to say great. Good movie. And but uh, Bob I, will have a, ba- a blast with it. I'm not I, recommending. I, I have to set man. aside an entire afternoon to watch it. No, I just but, you care because you know who these people are. Oh, yeah, Most I know of the people all are. Them, yeah. And like this is they. they I don't know. If, I don't know if there's been a film that assembled this many people. Uh, Rat race once again. It, again, it's seven. It's seven people. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. Around John Cleese. That is true. He's mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. No movie uh-huh. has spent as much money on getting all these comedians yeah, in one place. Yeah, it's insane, and it's like it's a swan song for some of them. Yeah, so this is a fun, goofy episode, and for some reason, I when I, going into this, I felt like the mad, 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 mad world stuff was a huge part of it. But going back, I was like, no, it's like it's a minute. Short. It's a yeah. minute of this episode. It's so powerful at the end. Yeah, but it, 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 on the Dragnet ending from Marge and the Lamb, it is the more indulgent of the parodies it is yeah. especially because like i didn't fucking get this when it oh yeah when i saw it it on made TV. no sense to me as a 10 year old but or 11 year old at this point if you're following henry's age along with the show it was still funny though yeah it, was it still came funny. off as a wham doodle humdinger yeah. uh, a real stem twister stem yeah this, this is a very hilarious episode that if you wanted to like pick apart the story, like eh, it kind of falls apart in the third act. But it's kind of uh, doesn't really track I, super well. Yeah, but who it cares? It works really it's well as so a cartoon. Fucking funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're having more fun, I think, with uh, just kind of being all over the place, but still telling really good jokes. Mm-hmm. I really like this episode. Want more like it? So thank you so much for listening. I have been your host for this episode, of Talking Simpsons. My name is Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. B O B S E R V O. I also write about video games and occasionally anime for, for fandom at fandom.com. And I also do a comedy article every other Thursday for somethingawful.com. And my other podcast is Retronauts every Monday at retronauts.com. Or just search for Retronauts in your podcast machine. Every week we bring you a new episode about classic games if you want to get into the podcast. Think of a game that you like. We've probably done an episode about it. And oh, listen yeah. to that episode. And I guarantee you will like it. Especially if it's our Bart versus the Space Mutants episode. <laughs> or our Celebrity Games episode where uh, Chris and Henry are both on it. Doing our regular goof em ups as we usually do in Talking Simpsons. Anybody else? What do you What do you do? H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter is where you can follow me. And that's also where updates when a new episode goes live comes from. So follow me there. And... You can see my work on fandom.com as well. And and also, you know, let me tell you that you should give us reviews on iTunes. We always love new reviews on iTunes. So if uh, you can't support us other ways, at the very least, give us an iTunes review. But if you want to give us a little more support, say $5 a month, there's a great place to do that. Patreon.com slash laser time. This is a fan-funded show and all the... Even $5 a month will help us out and keep this show going. This show exists because of the success of Patreon. And as I say every time, and you got to hear it again, (laughs) the entire first season and the seasons two, three, and four wrap-ups are all there. All yours for just $5 a month along with hundreds of hours of more content. That's very nice of Henry because he's doesn't receive any of the patreon money it's me and the other guys but it helps keep the equipment the hosting up this studio exists because of that it is and if you feel like it's not your responsibility a lot of people feel that way (laughs) and it's got to be someone's responsibility or we can't keep it up uh nobody's i'm not complaining not rich but not poor Mm -hmm. it's just great and we try and make it worth your while to join up and help support us um and you can find a bunch of more stuff there and on lasertimepodcast.com if you like how d- deep a dive we take in some of the jokes. Laser time. Uh, we we recently examined who is the tallest movie monster. 
Uh, we looked at the, the entire history of the Power Rangers, where they come from, and how many iterations there have been in America mm. and Australia. Oh. If you look at uh, lasertimepodcast.com, click on Laser Time, see a picture of S- Seymour Skinner, who inspired our Out of Touch quiz. <laughs> Do you not like uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Big Bang Theory, and Medea movies? I don't know them either, but we all quizzed ourselves by how little we know about these titanic franchises uh, to embarrass ourselves. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week when Bart visits the Box Factory, everybody. <gasps> oh, my then. God. My show's a box. Infotainment.